and I was just took a deep breath and when it happened it's like a moment I'll never forget you know it was like you're right everything was coming to a head that very moment right there Buccaneers fans the Ira Kaufman podcast is back on live from Radio Row here at the NFL Scouting Combine now for those who didn't listen to the last episode Todd Bowles the head coach was a guest you have to dial it up. It's at JoeBucksFan.com, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, plenty of places, and it's an excellent interview. Jump into that. And, of course, all the fun today and yesterday is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford. Ira, are you ready with the zeros this time? Yes. Okay. What are Zero the down. Zero interest. And, uh, <laughs> and 100 100- <laughs> and 100% great deals. Fantastic, Ira. You almost, you got you got two out of three. Try fight. Two out of three. Zero payments for 90 days, 0% interest for up to 72 months, and zero money down. Bill Curry Ford. The sale is continuing through the end of the month, so we're almost there, but you still have time, and you can shop online. BillCurryFord.com, C-U-R-R-I-E. That's the family name. And, of course, Nationwide Lifetime Warranty on all new vehicles. Sean Sullivan, the general manager, our good friend, our draft guru, he is handing you a $500 gift card just to order a vehicle through their concierge service. You get all the help you need, and uh, you get that $500 gift card, Ira, and it still all applies. No money down, no deposit, all that stuff. BillCurryFord.com. they got great pre-owned vehicles. Uh, I still have my... 2017 pre-owned Subaru that I bought from Sean Sullivan in 2019. Purrs like a kitten, Stevie. And I dared at the time, five years ago, Lee, you can imagine this. I asked Sean, I said, you sure this thing's not a lemon? I think he lost his mind. He was a lemon. So we don't sell lemons. Five years later, I've had no problem with the used vehicle. A great deal, and it's been a great vehicle. BillCurryFord.com, a sage. Uh, disasters strike at all times. Doesn't matter that it's late February. Mold, fire, storm damage, flood, whatever it is you call Florida's elite restoration. Immediately, 24-7. You don't have to call your insurance company first. Call them. They'll evaluate it and tell you how to approach it. And uh, if it needs insurance, they can handle that for you so you don't get ripped off. And that's what happens. People get ripped off of their time of need. They're desperate. Florida's elite restoration Dot com. 500 bucks for everybody. All you have to do is mention uh, Lee D. Camper, Ira Kaufman, Joe Bucks fan, and uh, either one of those. And when you first call Florida's Elite Restoration, they will um, mark that down. And after your free evaluation at your home with all the great technology, if you need their services, they'll give you that 500 bucks. Florida's <laughs> Elite Restoration. They take care of insects in the shower. Uh, they don't, but I bet you they could. Uh, the Glazers seem to have some trouble with that at uh, one buck. You but. might have to pass on the uh, the number to uh, the powers that be uh, I am gonna at, f- at one buck. Place. I'm going to forward that. That's a disaster. Bugs in the shower is a disaster. Yeah, and just so people know what we're talking about, the NFLPA did a survey team by team, and according to Bucks players, one of their biggest issues with the Bucks is they have bug problems in the shower. Bug problems in the shower, and you know what? I think in that report... Mold. I believe there was a, a question about a moldy smell, and that is one reason to call Florida's Elite Restoration your home or business. Moldy smell usually means mold. Maybe the moldy smell comes from the riders coming in after the game. It uh, could be. Steve, is that it possible? Could, that, that could be, but not in the shower. You're not in the shower with them, are you? You know, know, speaking of Florida's Elite Restoration, Steve, may I add this? When you have a problem or you think you have a potential issue, you know what you're looking for at that point? Peace of mind. Peace of mind. <laughs> And Florida's Elite Restoration will give it to you uh, because they know what they're doing and they're honest and they will give you a candid assessment. And, you know, a lot of times the odds are it's not a major deal. And they're going to tell you that. But the key is you have to have credibility. And uh, you can't be Florida's Elite Restoration in that regard. Sage, uh, we're going to talk more about Big Storm Beer later, Big Storm Brewing Company. Now available is their Pirate's Fortune Golden Ale, a new beer, Pirate's Fortune. It's not a Buccaneers beer, but it sounds like something you want to drink in a Bucks game. Pirate's Fortune Golden Ale. See all the beers at BigStormBrewery.com, Taprooms, Clearwater, Odessa, Ebor City, and um, at the Amway Center in Orlando. All right, Ira, we have got Jason Light on the podcast today, the general manager, 
sat down with us here at Radio Row. It's a good one. A lot of topics here to hit on. But you know what? Everybody's itching and scratching about the Bucks free agents. And uh, you've been pounding the streets here, the hallways, at the NFL Scouting Combine. So is Lee. What, what have you found out? What are you hearing from a lot of different sources, Ira? Here's my biggest takeaway Agents. from the Combine uh, through a couple of days, Lee. Before I got here, I, I, I felt pretty optimistic about the Bucks' ability to retain their key free agents. And here we are two days into this thing, and I'm feeling even more encouraged, even more. Talking with the Buck people that matter, uh, talking, to, <laughs> talking to some other people uh, around the league. Why would you talk to Bucks people uh, who don't matter? Hey, there you go. Uh, and, and there's a lot of them. But um, I think they're going to get this done, Lee. Now, does that mean... They're going to retain 11 guys that, uh, you know, potentially could hit free agency. No, it doesn't. What it tells you, what I'm trying to say, Steve, is the Bucks have prioritized their free agents, and they're going to go through them one by one, and I don't think there's any doubt about who stands on top uh, of that list. To me, it's got to be Baker Mayfield by virtue of his position. doesn't mean Baker Mayfield's a better player than Mike Evans or Antoine Winfield at this point, but he means more. He's more important. And when you look at the rest of the roster, and it's a passing league, and you got to have a credible quarter, quarterback, and I think the Bucks feel they have a credible quarterback. I don't know. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling very optimistic that the Greenbergs and the Lights and the Spy Techs can all get together and get this thing done. And I think Buck fans are going to be very happy uh, a week or two from now. Uh, when they see the results. Can I qualify one of your uh, comments about the free agents? Of course, my friend. I think they prioritize the free agents that they find important. There's one free agent where they're he's off the radar, let's He's off say. the radar. He's and off the radar. I, I think it's fair to say his name is Devin White, that they're having little to no communication with him outside of happy birthday and I think they've turned Steve, the page the on next him. time. So, no, wait, here's where it gets serious, Ira. Here's where it gets serious. Bucks have, we're going to say, five big-time free agents, right? David, Chase McLaughlin, the kicker, Mike Evans, Mayfield, and Antoine Winfield Jr. Ira. Not you, Levante? I said David. You said David. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five for five. Do the Bucks go five for five? I'm willing to bet they go five for five. Are you willing to bet that? And if not... You know, what we have to see, maybe we'll put a sandwich on it. I saw I you think, inhale. I, th- I think the only asterisk is if uh, Levante David retires. Nothing the Bucks can do about it, and you can't say it's a failure on the Bucks' part. And I don't think he's going to retire. I don't think he will. I would say it's a failure if he doesn't come back because he's already on record saying he wants to come back. What if he retires? You come to a T-intersection. You take a left or you take a right. If the Bucks don't talk turkey with him, eh, I'm done. So I would call. I would put that on the Bucks. He's already come on the record that he wants to play yeah, for the Bucks. Yeah, if he Bucks. wants to play Ira, and they don't sign him, then there's a problem. They well, didn't offer him enough money. If he retires, he retires. I mean, again, based Ira, on, he's based gone on, on record saying all he the wants factors to... uh, that are important to Levante David. Well, no, that's a good question. Lee's got the right take here because we're going to. He hear... doesn't have the right take. He's on record saying he wants to play. Ira, what more do you need to explain? No, I thought he's on record saying if I want, if I'm going to play, I'm going to play for the Bucks. Yeah. But he wants to That's play. not the same. No, he said he wants to play. And, oh, by the way, Ira, there's video of him working out football workouts. You don't do that if you're thinking about retiring. But here's the so. thing. Here's the thing. As we're going to hear from Jason Light, Lee asked him about Levante David, and we have some follow-up questions. And Jason Light makes it clear that, hey, you know, I'll give a sneak peek here. Jason Light kind of says, hey, Levante David's made a lot of money. You know, if we don't pay him as much, he might uh, – just say, okay, you know, I he didn't. Jason Light didn't say this, but the implication was like, hey, I'm going to make four million this year, and in my investments, what do I need to uh, to play for? So. Uh, now, wait a minute. Along the lines of what Lee's saying, suppose the Bucks don't uh, meet his agent's uh, uh, requests yeah. uh, from a financial standpoint. At that point, why 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 doesn't David's agent call another team and say, are you interested? David's in my already said the Bucks are retirement, one or the other. Yeah. Now he may be. That could change if someone calls them, and maybe it's a team David likes that Raheem. excites him. Raheem, yeah, that's true. Raheem didn't coach David, but I'm sure he loves his uh, his style and all that. But, you know, things can change. That's one thing we've been told consistently at the Combine is, you know, you never know what's going to drop out of the sky, and that's uh, part of the fun of being here to figure it out. All right, Ira, you know, look, uh, anything else uh, that you've smelled around here before uh, well, we get to Well, first Jason of Light? all, Lee, uh, as, uh, as our listeners are going to hear uh, momentarily, 
Jason Light can be very candid yes. in this kind of relaxed setting. We thank him for his time. Yeah. Uh, he's a busy man at this combine, or whether he's dealing with uh, the prospects or, or, or trying to get his house in order in terms of free agency. He's busy, Lee. He is busy. And he spent some time with us, and he didn't have to do that. So I, I think fans are going to love this interview because it's not Jason Light at a podium, Lee, which is a different animal, which I think you can say about a lot of different people. Yeah. They're different. He touched on a lot of cat, uh, categories, and he didn't shy away from talking about how important it is to retain some of these key, key and, free agents. And where he doesn't want to watch a game. And where he doesn't want to watch a game. <laughs> Jim Oaks. Uh, I, I thought he said jabronis because Jim Oaks. That, that's a word that Travis Kelsey used, j- jabronis. Oh, is that right? Uh, at the podium after the Super Bowl. And he's talking about all the naysayers about the Chiefs. And, and, and now uh, Jason Light well, used it about the, the local media. I he, love uh, he was very candid, and you're right, Ira. He doesn't come to Indianapolis and spend a week here in the middle of February just so he could say he ate at Steak and Shake downtown Indianapolis. Well, He's here for you know, Ira, I'm going to take a little exception to what you uh, said. Uh, I'm not surprised, Steve. You know why? <laughs> because you said uh, Jason in this relaxed environment, and you know what? He sat down. He knew we were going to ask him the tough questions. So he knows us, right? So, yes, he sounds relaxed, and I give him a lot of credit for it, but he knew we were going to hit him with some hard balls, and we did. So uh, kudos to Jason, and here he is. Take a listen yourself on the Ira Kaufman Podcast, presented by Bill Curry Ford. The general manager is here, Jason Light, Buccaneers Ring of Honor general manager. Jason Light, if things go properly as the way they should, I hope Team Glazer is listening. We're here at the Combine, of course. Jason, great to see you. We've already asked you 700 questions off the podium here. We're not going to ask you about signing Baker Mayfield because we know you're trying your best, doing everything you can, and it's all going to be good. i got to ask you first before we th- Ira's got a question for you. That moment in Atlanta, fourth and one, crowd's going insane. We just asked Todd Season's about it. Season's on the brink. Jobs could be on the line. Where is Jason Light in that moment? <laughs> it was a big collective breath. Yes. I was actually... It, during that game, I was sitting, I wasn't on the field. I didn't want to be with, you know, all the uh, Jamokes in the, uh, in the press box. <laughs> right, right. So I sat with, uh, I'm joking. I'm I know, I know. No, I sat not. with Jeff Ryan in the, his radio booth, and I was, just took a deep breath. And when it happened, it's like a moment I'll never forget. You know, it was like, you're right. Everything was coming to a head that very moment right there. That was the turnaround game, yeah. Jason. I, I don't think there's any question. Yeah. Um, Jason, my question to you, first of all, I can't believe you and I are sitting here in your, like, 11th year doing the draft. 11 years, Jason. You're probably one of the longest tenured GMs. Uh, you you got to be. You wanted me fired after two. So, uh, <laughs> so Jason, you, 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 start off, you start off with Mike Evans. Not, not, not bad. Hey, you glazed right over I'm, 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 I don't want to talk about it. a seminal moment right I know, here, because man. his wife's still mad at me. Uh, five years in, get rid of life. Uh, he said two years. It was five years. I didn't know you were going to pull Arians out of the hat. I don't know these things. Anyway, Jason, you, you, you start off with Mike Evans. I mean, that, that ain't too shabby. A probable Hall of Famer that, that you started your career with. Jay, I, I love to hear you talk about um, the hits and misses. You get Winfield or your Wurfs. I mean, so so many good picks. Ali Marpet, Malk looks good. and But then there's going to be misses. Jason, we don't need, need, need to name the guys over the years. Jason, what have you learned about this process and who makes it and, and who doesn't? One time you told me Ira, it's almost always from that, from the shoulders up. Mm-hmm. You sticking with that? Definitely sticking with it. And we've actually, over the years, we've even amped that up even more on our scouting meetings, draft meetings, which we start way back in November and then have another round before the season. And then we just finished up a, a, a last round where we uh, s- spend a lot of time on the character of the player. Regardless of position. Regardless of position. If you think about the players that – that we have here on our team that have been, and you can even go back to the, you know, the other Super Bowl team, the Chris Godwins, Mike Evans. And Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith, Tristan, and um, Antoine. They all are, would you say, great people, uh, great teammates, great workers, you know, all those things. I think all that really matters. I mean, you have to be a good player, too. Don't get me wrong. How do you measure passion for the game for a prospect? It's not easy. It's not easy. It's a you got to trust your scouts, and the scouts are the ones that know. They're in the boots on the ground. They're going into the schools, 
two, three times a year. They're the mm-hmm. ones that have the contacts. They know the janitor. They know the the secretaries. They don't. You don't. Sometimes the worst person to talk to at the school is the head coach because they're going to sell their player no matter what. If the guy doesn't love it, he's probably not going to make it, right, Jason? Correct. They got to love it. They got to love it. All those guys that on our team, they love it. All you know, those, all those rookies. Just to play on that, uh, it seemed like they really all loved it. You know, just from a mental standpoint. Did, I mean, there are busts every year and guys become busts, but it seems like there were no mental busts this year that everybody made it mentally. No. <laughs> we, we were very early in the process after we, the draft last year um, excited about this class. I mean, I think it may have been one of the best ones that we've yes. had collectively. Deep. Deep and just the type of people we're getting. But it always starts with that first pick usually, that Kalijah. He's if he's what you want, and it trickles down to all of them, and they all kind of follow the lead there. So you try to you really want to hit on that first one. I stalked Mayfield in Las Vegas, at the media center, nowhere, nowhere else. You know, we weren't doing anything untoward. Anyway, I stalked him at the media center, and I want your reaction to this. Of the few questions I got in with him, because his handlers didn't want me talking to him. I'm an evil reporter. Uh, I asked Baker. I said, Baker, give me a percentage. If you come back, what about Evans? He looked at me and smiled. He goes, very high. <laughs> <laughs> he's never been one to not be confident. That's, well, okay. he's not doing a negotiation. Exactly. He's not the one. I just know that I, I do know that Mike um, really likes Baker. Um, I know that that's important to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when you're a player of Mike's caliber, but also at point in his career, you know, he doesn't want to mess around with, you know, a yeah. quarterback he doesn't trust or, or mm. know. And um, so I think that's that's very important to him. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think it works the other way, too. I think. That's right. So. You sense any frustration from Evans or his agents uh, about um, this should have been done a year ago, like you're too late. And, and any <laughs> sense like that? Is, is he, is Evans pissed off at this point? Uh, what's his frustration level? Well, I think, I think. Hopefully it works out for the best for him. And Mike and I have a great relationship all year, so we've talked about this all year. So um, he knew where you were coming from, right? Yeah. yeah. He's so we're. I mean, I think right now we're in a good spot talking about it and, and trying to make things work. I think two things. Fans are interested when you say we've talked about this all year. Does this mean like what does that mean for the average fan? What, what does that mean? Does that mean like? Once in a while, you have a little chat saying, "Hey, we love you, and we're we're studying this, and we're gonna get we're gonna make it happen for you. We just got to figure out the numbers and the cap. How does that work?" Yeah, pretty much. I have to. Mike doesn't need to be reminded how important he is sure. to this football team, but I still do. You know, I think every player, every person likes to hear that um, how much they're valued, and um, we don't want to lose you. Um, I remind him, you know, sure, often. So. Um, we're at that point right now where we got to make something happen. We always tell Ira he's welcome to hit free agency if he wants to go to Pewter Report. Yeah. <laughs> he's ahead. tried already. Go Jason, a, a year ago, and and, you, <laughs> and I didn't necessarily agree with you, which I always agree with you, but at this point, <laughs> Jason, you, you, had a, you had a choice to make post-Brady. I mean, let's be honest. What do we do? Do we reset or do we tear this down? And you looked at us and you go, we got too many good players. And it turned out you were right. How much did last season validate that in your, in your mind? And and there's no turning back now, Jason. Well, I've, I've totally validated, but it was, you know, internally we were we talked about a lot. We feel like you get underappreciated in Tampa for some reason. I think Levante is a perfect case. Of you that. mean nationally? Nationally, nationally. yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Levante. Mike, Mike does too, to a degree. It, it didn't. To me, it seemed like as soon as he got the thousand yards this year, it's like, oh wow, yep. ten years, and then we figured you know, it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah they yeah. they figured it out. Yeah. Not all of them, but, you know, a lot of them. Right. So it was just kind of, I don't know, a little bit surprising that you had some people saying we're going to win two games. Maybe are we kind of, are we biased looking at this? But we have, we started naming off the players that yeah. we had. You know, yeah. it's like, how is this two wins? So And, and a lot of them in their primes yeah. or, or young. Yeah. All right. We didn't really ask you a whole lot about this guy. Levante. I mean, he came out and said it's the Bucks or I'm retired. Yeah, it's Bucks or retirement. Um, yeah, yeah. You feel pretty good about his returning? Yeah, I feel good about the fact that we want him, and I think he wants has said that he wants to be a Buck, so that's usually a pretty good starting point. So we'll. Uh, Was that one of his best seasons, Jason? I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
from a negotiating standpoint, do you just smile when a guy says it's bucks or it, retirement? It, no, 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 okay. because that's, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work that way. No, because okay. he, I mean, Levante's made enough and has done enough that he could be pretty happy sure. in retirement. So he's another one, though. Uh, he's if you look at his numbers, if he plays another year, I mean, he's going to be up there top five in a lot of different categories. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm oh, not extraordinary. mistaken, yeah. It's well, what were your expectations for Mayfield uh, a year uh, after you got him? Jason, what were your expectations? Win the division. Well, we had to win the game, the battle first, and it really was a close battle. Uh, there were times during camp last year that I thought Kyle was was ahead of him. So that was kind of exciting for me that to see what we had in Kyle. Now, Did you know that your uh, your giveaways were going to be that low? which was a big factor in, in, in winning all those games. You, you did not turn the ball over yeah, much, no, Jason. That we did a, they did a nice job with that, yeah. On that, Jason, you, know, you say it was that close, and I believe you. We saw Trask improve markedly and through camp. Have teams called you about Kyle Trask? Have you gotten calls? Uh, not at this point, no. But it wouldn't be the time, I don't think. Okay. So, Just to follow up what you said regarding the draft, that lead guy, I thought you mentioned that earlier and here, I think that's kind of fascinating You know, because you look at the 2018 draft, you got Vita on top, and he's known for his work ethic and all that other stuff, and it, that trickled down incredibly in 2020, obviously. And Is that a super big focus? If fans are trying to figure out who Jason Light's going to draft, it's got to be that alpha guy who's going to work his ass off. doesn't need to be an alpha. It just needs to be someone that sets a good example, you know, because not all great players are alphas. Right. It's, it just has to be somebody that it's, it's, football is very important to him. Levante's not an alpha, right? Uh, yeah. You, he's no not. one's going to debate uh, that he's not a Jason, we got Spike Tech coming in. Uh, not yet, but I mean, uh, <laughs> what, what, what Spike Tech meant to you over the years, uh, Jason? Uh, he's meant a lot. Just the person that I can trust, person that can tell me, doesn't tell me what I want to hear. What you need to hear. He tells right? me what, yeah. what he thinks I need to hear. Now, he's not always right. I just want to make sure you tell him that when you talk to him. No, but he's he's a very... How well, sharp is he? How sharp Very is he? smart. Very smart. He would be an outstanding GM somewhere. Um, I'm shocked that he's not. Um, I'm happy for my sake, but he's it's it's time for... He, there was some talk about him a year ago, yeah, right, Jason? He's, he's earned it. He's Somebody's going to be very fortunate. I hit Todd Bowles with this question. You know, Ira, Ira sits next to me up, up in the press box and at least especially earlier in the year, but throughout the season, and I'm not trying to kill Rashad White, but I see holes that for whatever reason he doesn't run. You know, I don't know what the play call. I don't know if he's instructed. You go through this hole no matter what. I, I don't know. But at least commenters on Joe, Joe Buck's fan, a common theme is they're anti-Hazy. Hazy. And I see these holes that I think White could have run through. I'm like, well, you can't blame it on Hazy. And so what gives is... Rashawn White need to do better. Do you need to upgrade at the offensive line? Do the offensive linemen you have, can they get the job done or do they have to play better? I think having some uh, stability there and playing together uh, goes a long way. I know that we're going to have some different players up front this year. I think Rashad improved greatly from his first year to his second year, and then in the second year from the beginning to the end. Uh, he did. He did. Um, seeing the holes, hitting the holes, hitting them with authority. Um, that was something he needed to work on. That's something that they preached to him, and he got better at it. Mm-hmm. He did. And I know it was one thing, you know, at the end, he wasn't uh, – he's not one of those players that was complaining he didn't get the 1,000, but he came close. Mm-hmm. And I know that he, you know, it was probably important to him. He wasn't moping or pouting, but I know that it showed it, hey – Look at the whole season. You had it. Mm-hmm. If you would have hit these, if you would have lowered your shoulder here, if you would have done this, and I think he really took that to heart, and I think you're going to see a a, a, a different Rashad. He's Could you a, see a speedy back, Jason, as a compliment? Good. Uh, yeah. Not not Jameer, Mark Gibbs, because he's a first-round pick. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what I mean, a speedy back. You, you, could, you could say that, but you could also say the, uh, you know, the 200 and 25-pound guy that's going to get, you know, four the, the yards. The third on a, one, yeah. yeah, yeah four yards yeah. in a cloud of dust, you know. I think there needs to be a compliment there. Does Wirfs have, th- the have room to grow as, as a run blocker, Jason? He does. I think he does. He does. He's very good, but he has room to grow. So going back to what you said, I'm sure it's probably a sore subject in some ways, but you win a Super Bowl, you have these great drafts, you, you're sitting here taught thinking about – Hey, I got to re-sign all these guys that I brought in, homegrown guys. We, we've kicked ass. That's the, what every GM dreams of. Yet your staff is intact. 
Uh, do you think that goes to some of the national disrespect, or there's something to it? Why, 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 why aren't you getting raided? You know what? It's a good question. I don't know. I'm not the type to go out and complain about it. What am I going to do? Hey, you don't think I'm good enough? You know, like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So hey, I got Greenberg here. You, you need him. You need a guy like Greenberg. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I think it. I think it does a little bit. You know, sometimes you. I mean, we get a little chip on our shoulder too. I'm just opening up here. Like, yeah, yeah. If you I read. Mean, you know, recently, somebody came out with the top rookie classes and. We were ranked like 15, and I'm like, what? You know, so I think it's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's Tampa, so we can't put them too high. Is it because you're too nice? Or what is it? Not nice enough? What is it? They, they didn't see Yaya Diaby. They didn't see him, right? Not, Jason, no. They didn't see him. How much, I mean, does it irritate you, or you just get, is it good comedy for you when you read, for example, 33rd team, they rank quarterbacks? And Anthony Richardson above Mayfield. That's asinine. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Anthony yeah. Richardson, come on, Jason. I mean, come on, come on. I'm not going to call it. No, 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 no. Uh, Mayfield, I don't know. I can't get around Mayfield, Jason. I just can't get around it. Uh, Obviously. <laughs> how much does he want to stay here, Jason? I mean, what, what ask the- him. I'm pretty sure he wants to stay here. But you have to ask him. I know. We have a great relationship. I know he loves the town. I know his wife loves the, the city. They love The city has embraced it. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be here? It's a perfect match. We'll continue to work on it. How much did his teammates especially on defense, and I know in a big picture, you don't want your quarterback to pretend he's a linebacker and try to run over people on defense, but obviously his teammates see that. How much of, you know, when they see that extra effort, does that bonding, like, hey, man, this guy's busting his ass for us. It's unbelievable. I mean, if you're on the sideline, you can probably see it, but if you're on the sideline, it's even, you feel it more. They get everybody on the entire team. Everybody gets jacked up. When we were uh, playing in Indy, and he went in on that sneak, and he got hurt, and he came out. The whole sideline just took a big, deep breath, and then when Ooh. he went back out, everybody was pumped. So, I mean, he's, you know, it's kind of what stirred the drink this year for us. How do you, right. you evaluate him coming out of the draft, uh, uh, Jason? He had, we had him as our, the number one quarterback in that draft. Nice. Nice. Wow. Right, you mentioned that moment in Indy. I was there, too. And in comes Kyle Trask, and he makes what looks like a perfect throw, right? At, you know, all the pressure on there right at the goal line. Uh, can one throw in that moment with his real first pressure throw like that change the way you evaluate him? Can it be something like that where one throw means that much? I mean, for a guy who hasn't played, I guess it could. I, but like, I, I don't know. It, but now it actually was a very good throw. That that incomplete. It was nobody's fault, but it was a good throw. Yeah. Big moments. How they responded. Big moments. You know, we were talking about Mayfield, and a little bit ago, I asked you a question about national perception. If you, you spoke about that, it just seems like there's a perception outside the Tampa Bay area that Mainfield basically is a piece of garbage and he hasn't gotten over that yet no. you know you mentioned about Evans it took him a while and his final this last season is like an epiphany for people what do you yeah. think that is why do you think that you know even Mayfield has a good year like a career year like he had this year and like ah it's Mayfield you know I'll take Richardson over him or you know stuff. I, I can't answer that I've been, I've been baffled my mind uh, he's a great guy he's I don't know if people had a what the, why they get the perception of what he is. I think he's. I think it's gotten over it though this year. I think this year really helped him. I think from on a national stage too. He's uh, he's earned the respect. Last one, Jason. What's your message directly to the fans about uh, where this franchise is right now, state of franchise? I'm very excited about where we're at. Um, for where we were at this point last year, having to pay the bills and. Willing to do it, knowing what we had to do. And not knowing about some of the young guys. And not knowing about some of the young guys. And then my staff uh, really helping to nail this last draft. I think, uh, I think this, it's, the arrow is really pointing up right now. And, um, I mean, hopefully we get all of our guys back. Um, and if so, then it's even more to be excited about. Now, we still have some work to do with the cap here for a couple of years, but it's not nearly as bad as it was last year. But uh, we'll, we'll get that worked out. Mike and Jackie will get that taken Four care division of. titles now, four in a row. Yeah. All right. All right, Jason, thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks, Jason. Uh, fun stuff. Hope we get to do it again. You bet. Thanks, thanks Jason. Jason. All right, Ira, there was Jason Light, general manager, sitting down for the Ira Kaufman podcast. We look forward to doing that again. Fun times and uh, very interesting times. We're going to talk now about some of the key points. We, we're probably going to debate some of these takeaways here, Ira, but I do want to remind everybody that uh, – Big Storm Brewing Company, Tap Rooms in Odessa. Beautiful small location up there off State Road 54 on Success Drive. And then you've got the big one in Clearwater. Beautiful outdoor seating, covered, fully covered, indoor seating as well. 
Uh, every tap room has a slightly different menu, so get to BigStormBrewery.com to check those out. Orlando's not only open on game days at the Amway Center, you can access it from the outside. Big spread there. No, Rock Riley likes it out there. He's He travels a little more than we do, but he gets out to Big Storm Orlando and uh, Ebor City upstairs, Central Ebor. Follow them on social media. They do a lot of cool things, uh, you know, because there's a lot going on in Ebor. Parades, all kinds of events. They got days. a great location in Ebor. Great yeah. spot. BigStormBrewingCompany.com. All right, Ira, look, I'll point out what I thought of first here on my list of notes here. You know, I like to use the old-fashioned pen. Let me let me hear your bullet points, Stevie. Well, you got bullet one. points. Now, first, uh, you know, Jason Light, I mentioned that you called for his firing after the 2018 season. You just glossed over it, Lee. He just, like, <laughs> Ira's like, ah, oh, well. I, don't want to, I said I don't want to talk about it. But Light uh, slapped you in the face for that, and I think everything's okay now. He, well, he slapped me in the face in, in an incorrect manner, Lee, because uh, he, he, as a throwaway line, he said, uh, two years into my uh, you know, time, tenure as a general firing. manager, and I said, no, it was five years. But I did call for his uh, firing. Uh, there's no getting around it. It's in print on Joe Buck's fan, if you want to go back in the uh, Sage archives. archives yeah. And then I said, and I thought it was a funny line, Lee, and I looked at Jason Lyon, I go, how did I know you're going you, to pull Bruce Arians out of your – I wanted to say out, out of that, your butt, yeah, but yeah. out of respect, I said out of your hat. <laughs> uh, and, Lee, I, I still don't think I'm wrong about it. Who knows what would have happened if Arians doesn't come. I think Light w- was on uh, – he was on shaky ground. Lee, to be fair, he was on shaky ground. Yeah. Cutter had already been fired. You know, you know, GMs don't survive coaches getting fired very often. Not, not very often. Not two terms, no. You know, two administrations, and, and, and he had a big hand in hiring Cutter. He, sure, it, sure. It's not you like they hired Cutter hire. over over Jason Light's uh, protestations. You don't have to defend yourself. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah, it's I, okay. I did call for his dismissal. <laughs> yes, I did. Here's a quote. I'm going to write it up at uh, JoeBucksFan.com for a story, of course. But I want to uh, get Lee's feedback first here, Ira, while you sip uh, that right. my my tie thing you're drinking there. At a point in his career, this is a quote. At a point in his career, Mike Evans. He doesn't want to mess around with another quarterback he doesn't trust or doesn't know. I think that's very important to him. End quote. Lee? Well, who would know Mike Evans better than Light? I mean, lights that was Light's first draft pick. How many people in the Bucks in one Buck place? Players, staff, administration. How many are still around from then? Very few. And he was re-signed by Light. Yeah, you know, I trust Light in that way. I trust him to know. His players, especially guys that have been around for, you know, nine years. So I think there's some validity to that. You know, Mike, Mike has always said he wanted to, to that point about quarterback familiarity, that, you know, could explain why a lot of people are pointing to Carolina. Maybe he doesn't want to go to Carolina. Even though Bryce Young is number one overall pick. Yes, I know last year he sucked. He was number, number one overall pick for a reason. I would dare say one of uh, Evans' favorite coordinators is in Carolina. At least when I talked to Evans one-on-one, he worshipped Canales. And the results were obvious. Uh, I don't think it's an outrageous comment. Well, you know, he's the saying doesn't want to mess around with another quarterback he doesn't trust or doesn't know. That's like screaming, Mike Evans isn't coming back if we draft a rookie quarterback. That's what that screams to me. I or if Mayfield uh, it screams that if uh, Mayfield's not coming back, uh, we're, we're screwed with Mike Evans. That, that's... That's basically what you're saying. You're, you're right, Steve. Is that going to be the is, is sign, re-signing Mayfield going to be the number one factor in bringing Evans back to the fold? It it's usually comes down to the money. Like, yeah. We know that. Evans has an agent. You know, Evans' agent isn't that concerned about Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. He's concerned about the numbers on that sheet. And, and we understand that. But it is a, a factor. A factor. Here in Indianapolis, I've talked to a couple people that I trust that know what they're talking about. They don't put out BS. They're very well plugged in. Two different guys. They have two completely different sources. One guy, he, he gave me figures, what Evans is looking for. The far north end of the fig, of Evans' price range is Devontae Adams' money. I don't think that's unfair. Same age, Evans gets better results, so I don't think that's unfair. I don't think he's going to get Tyreek Hill money. Lee. Well, he's not asking for that from yeah. what I'm told. Yeah. I'm talking the north end of Evans' range is the same amount of money Devontae Adams is getting. I think that is fair. And Devontae Adams is the second 
depending, you know, I, I'm going by sport track, and I don't know about this clause, that clause, all this BS. Santa Claus. I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going by the raw number. Average is $28 million. That's what Devontae Adams makes. Also, I've long thought Houston was a player for Evans. I mean, to me, the signs are obvious. I was told by someone who's very well plugged in with Houston. He flat out told me Houston is not going to make any attempt to get in any bidding war for Mike Evans. They're happy with their young receivers. The analogy I was told was they want to water their own flowers. Ira, you asked Jason Light if Mike Evans is pissed that this thing is still lingering. I did. I asked him that. You asked him, is that a vibe that you're feeling? Because I'm feeling it, said the sage. And uh, if you listen, like, should, should have like this thing should have been done a year ago. If or you listen to that Jason Light answer closely, he doesn't say yes or no. Now I never didn't think he was going to say yeah, like uh, Mike's pissed, but he doesn't say no. Of course he's not pissed. He doesn't say no. So maybe there was some you know uh, hurt feelings. I'm my sure my intuition, whatever you want to call it, Lee, uh, <laughs> instincts, my instincts, and I've had some one-on-one conversations with Evans. Not a lot, mm-hmm. but sometimes in the locker room. And I like to talk to NBA with him, and I'm a Sixer fan, and, you know, he, he, he really knows his basketball. Yeah. He really does. And, uh, like, I went up to him towards the end of the year, and I go, Joel, this is before Embiid, uh, you know, hurt his knee. I said, Philly's got the best player in this league, and Joel Embiid. And Evans looked at me and goes, regular season, Ira, regular season. I mean, that's a great answer because he's got a lot to prove. So he does know his basketball. So anyway, and Lee, maybe you got the same – instinct, uh, a feeling uh, about Evans. I think he was hacked off uh, about uh, the negotiations and that uh, we're still talking about it. We were still talking about this and that he, in his mind this is a no-brainer from a Buck perspective and they should have taken care of me uh, a while back. That's my impression. He may have been frustrated, but I don't know if it was to the point where I'm not coming back. I, I agree with that. Yeah. But I think there was frustration from Mike Evans' standpoint. Guys, the lack of respect for the organization nationally from a front office standpoint. That's a big theme. To uh, Players. You know, the, the record of the team. We've heard it now today from Light, from Todd Bowles. You know, they say it doesn't matter, but it's obvious that everybody is like, what the hell's going on? And, and you asked a great question, Stephen. I didn't think about it in that regard in terms of, hey, wh- what about the front office talent surrounding Jason Light? Uh, now, Jason Light's not going anywhere. He's very happy in his job, well compensated, as he should be. He does a good job. Uh, they had a heck of a draft. Let right? me throw in that Ira is close friends with Jason Light's agent, which I think Light hates. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, he does hate that. <laughs> but um, Steve made a great point about um, Jason. Why, why aren't they raiding your talent in the front office? And, you know, it's a sensitive issue for Light because he doesn't want to lose Spy Tech or Greenberg. Or Jackie, but he doesn't quite understand, and I think in his mind he deems it a kind of a lack of respect for what these bit. people do. Yeah, Maybe you get that impression too. Well, not just that. I I thought what was interesting in the podcast that Light said for whatever reason nationally the Bucks are always thought of as sort of second class citizens. Always, he he mentioned that just recently, like this past season, has Mike Evans started to get the run he deserves. Or, as the kids would say nowadays, the Riz. But, um, you know, White has mentioned that, and he's not wrong. Levante David, I've been screaming for years, is, is grot- it's almost illegal how much he's overlooked, disrespected. Evans, up until recently, like Light said, up until recently. And we can go on and on. It's like until Brady came for the team, it was like, ooh, the Bucks. Didn't Bowles say the idea, uh, general uh, feeling among uh, the national media? Uh, Brady's gone. We, we suck. suck. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a great line. Yeah, that a great Another line. thing that Light said, he had read so many articles and so many columns that the Bucks were going to be horrible. He said they actually had a staff meeting and went player by player to see yeah. if they were missing that something. That was very interesting. Are we deluding ourselves? But, but yeah, that, I'm, I'm. I was going to bring that up. I'm so glad Lee did. Light read so much of it that he said we started second guessing ourselves. Well, maybe we need to look closer at this, which tells you how much they're reading and paying attention, which yet on the same time, they're like, oh, we don't, hear, we don't, pay, attention. We don't pay attention to the outside noise. <laughs> and here they're having a meeting talking about, well, maybe we uh, should look at this again. You know, uh, to Lee's point uh, about uh, Evans and, and Levante David and, and, and maybe even Mayfield to an extent, like Lee said, bit, yeah. uh, you're, you're ranking, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson uh, ahead of Mayfield? Oh, yeah, uh, that, on what basis? That was asinine. Uh, that was so asinine. Steve, I think uh, even a bigger point maybe, I think a, a, 
a, a clear disrespect to the organization and not just individual players. And I'll give you the perfect example. Going into the Eagles' first playoff game. Mm-hmm. And after the game, when the Bucks obliterated them and embarrassed them and humiliated them on a national stage mm-hmm. on Monday night television, all the national stories were about the Eagles. All no, of them. I, I can explain that. All of them. I, I, I can see why that, that looks disrespectful. You don't think that rankles uh, uh, the Buck organization? Oh, I'm Where's sure it does. our respect? Yeah, and, but uh, you know what? I can explain that only by this way. Eyeballs. What do you think the percentage of eyeballs watching those telecasts are? Are Eagles fans? Or Bucks fans, obviously Eagles. As much as I just like ESPN, and they are the defending NFC champs, I understand that. that. That's an element too. But I mean, your buddy Russo will tell you, ESPN has gobs of data, and and the reason why they, you know, me and you and and so many commoners just like ESPN, but they do this crap for a reason, and because they have data behind it. And you know, the, so I can't, you know, as much as I hate ESPN. I, I get what they do, but that doesn't mean you I know, have to watch. The, the, the Bucks had their were, were writing their own very interesting story last year, Steve, with Baker Mayfield. Oh, one of the more that's in, a great story. One of the more interesting teams in the league by far, uh, you know, on a lot of levels. Uh, you know, and the Bucks will throw in, they'll throw in the names of Mike Beal and Rob McCartney, the two director of player personnel's under light, and that they expect these guys to get interviews. Doesn't mean that they're saying, oh, they should all leave and have <laughs> we should have five GMs <laughs> right. under Jason Light right. uh, from his tree, but. The, the no interviews, um, it, it's an issue, and I don't really get it, but I don't know what the answer is. And, Lee, to, to that point again, and you know I'm right about this, <laughs> the only reason the Bucks were relevant for three years, Tom Brady was Of course. Playing. Am I right, Lee? An international superstar. Well, they're they, back where they were before Brady showed up. But that's up. part of it, Ira, because... They, worse, I would say, because at least Jameis held some interest. You know, I know a lot of people don't like Jameis, but he was an interesting guy. He was number one over the Heisman Trophy winner. Jameis did give the Bucks a degree. He also gave them a lot of agita. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know me. I like I production. Do. I, got I, I do. But, I but, do. but he did. He gave them a sense of notoriety. Well, talk- Mayfield's got a lot of notoriety, but people didn't. Uh- Somebody didn't have the personality of Jameis. I don't know why it is people don't like Mayfield. And I know that people don't like Jameis, but there was also an element of people that did like Jameis. But last year, how many times did we talk about there was no buzz for the Bucks? None. Not on NFL radio. There was a dead franchise. And part of that is, and no fault is, he's a friend of ours. He's a good dude. We all like him. Todd Bowles doesn't have a telegenic personality, at least at the podium. He, uh, with us, he does. <laughs> but, and that's part of it. There's just no, there was just no buzz around the team. No expectations, not by the Bucks themselves, but out the outside world. Well, that'll change this season, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, see how that all twists around. Uh, Sage, anything else stand out to you? I'm going to save the Kyle Trask stuff for later in the podcast. I'll give fair warning to the Trask uh, lovers that they might want to turn off the uh, podcast. Well, I mean, this is a very apprehensive time for Buck fans. Uh, We all understand that. Who's staying and and who's going? We're pretty confident here when uh, the chips finally fall. It's going to be very positive for this organization. I would be wrong to say or inaccurate that of the big five Steve talks about. The big five, yeah. They'll lose two. I think I think that's overstating. Ira said zero before. Uh, he I, said zero. I, 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 I'd be surprised. I, I wouldn't surprise me if one slipped through the cracks, but two, I don't think so. Even McLaughlin. I think there's a lot of optimism that they're getting him back. Well, there's no chance McLaughlin leaves. There's no <laughs> chance. No ch- they're not, why, there's no chance. That's no chance. Bowles wanted a long-range kicker, and Bowles got a long-range kicker, and he'll be darned if they're going to lose him now. I mean, it just doesn't cost enough to lose. You know, you uh, we were we were 1.2 million apart, so we we let him go, and now we don't have a kicker. I mean, that's I, not going to happen. I, I don't know what podcast I said this on, so I, my apologies beforehand. But you're talking about the importance of keeping Chase McLaughlin <laughs> when Light was not on our podcast, but when we did a sidebar with Tampa Bay Media. And in a question, someone mentioned Chase McLaughlin, and Light did the sign of the cross. <laughs> that says it all about his importance. Did you, uh, Steve? Did well, you like when uh, uh, Light agreed with me that last year uh, <laughs> validated their course of action post Brady, where they could have torn things down? Yeah, sure. Uh, especially with the money crunch. Oh yeah. That like, hey, we got to we got to retreat for a couple of years. 
and see what we can do and maybe get a young quarterback or whatever. And they didn't go in that direction, Lee. They didn't go in that direction. And they hit big on Mayfield. They hit big. I, I got a great cliche that, that fits that scenario you're talking about. Lick their wounds. Yeah, there you go. Uh, what, was the great, what was the great quote from Light a year ago? We have too many good players. We have too many good core players. He bet on himself, and he turned out to be right. I don't remember that quote, but it makes sense. I was going to say, get me another beer. That's a good quarterback. <laughs> no, he talked about their core and uh, that, you know, that their core, that, they're, you know, that they can they have enough to win. They just were working on the quarterback position. You know, I mean, at the sidebar we had yesterday with other media, local media, um, you know, I asked Jason about the similar theme regarding uh, your satisfaction level with the season, because you know, nobody had really asked him yet. You know, uh, looking back, how satisfied were you? And, of course, he did the whole cliche thing, you know, we didn't win a Super Bowl. Only so one team's satisfied. happy. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but you could tell that they're very, very happy about it. Um, your thoughts, guys, on Light acknowledging, you know, you know, I'm hung up on that moment, fourth and one yes. against <laughs> the Falcons with everything on the line, like the whole franchise. I'm surprised you didn't ask the janitor over there about the fourth and one call well, over there, Light, Light acknowledged the gravity of the moment. He talked about where he was <laughs> and how he was feeling it. And, and, you know, I forget exactly how he phrased it, but, you know, he, it was a moment. I didn't even remember that, 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 that a defender broke through the line and was ready to drop Rashad White for a loss. Yeah, well, I remember he got hit behind the line. Ankles, yeah. All right. Well, I'm just hung up on that, Sager. Let's get to the Kyle Trask stuff, and then we will uh, head out of here. Uh, Radio Row at the Combine, and we've got more stuff to share from Radio Row uh, on future podcasts. Uh, Don't forget, we got a, we got a, a Cleveland-based writer uh, talking about Baker Mayfield. That should be uh, interesting, too. Interesting stuff to share on that that uh, fans will get to listen to. Of course, uh, uh, I think I'll put that out there when Baker comes back, maybe, uh, which should be pretty soon because if he's not back, uh, nobody wants to hear about it. <laughs> All right, Sage, Kyle Trask, what are your thoughts from Jason Light? Well, uh, I, I think uh, he got caught flat-footed. Uh, I don't really think he anticipated necessarily a question about Kyle Trask, Lee, based on the year that Baker Mayfield had. But, you know, it's not uh, guaranteed that Mayfield is not going to hit free agency, even though I keep saying, Lee, if they want to keep him, they can keep him. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with that. If you want to keep him, you have a way to you have a mechanism to keep him. You may not like that mechanism, and there's a lot of money involved. But, well, he's not coming for $18 million anyway. So, you know, whether you tag him or not, you're not, you're not getting him for $18 million. Kyle Trask, Steve, uh, was it you that asked him? Uh, had you been getting any, any questions? I don't think he anticipated that question. He didn't quite know phone what calls, to say. Phone calls. Yeah, yeah, phone calls about Kyle Trask. The Trask mob is not going to want to hear it. But uh, there's, not, there's not a lot of general interest in Kyle Trask around, around the league. Lee. That's just the way it is right now. You know, I mean, the, the guy's completed three passes. Yeah, well, the Trask people, they think this is college. Oh, he, deserve, he doesn't deserve anything. You earn. It's the NFL. As Jerry Glanville famously said, not for long if you don't do your job. Like you said, three passes. There's not really any kind of a market for a quarterback that throws three pass completions. I'm sorry. What, what, what about Light's line, Lee, about um, there were times during training camp when I thought uh, uh, Trask was ahead of Mayfield. I mean. Uh, well, that's not exactly inaccurate. However, they didn't bring Mayfield in to sit on the bench. Todd Bowles, I've said this countless times, Todd Bowles was on hot seat last year. Let's be honest. They called it an open competition, Lee. They hold on, but competition, you put yourself in bold shoes. Are you going to trust your career to a guy who's only had three completions in three years. Todd Bowles went up against Kyle Trask in practice for three freaking years. If Trask was that guy, you don't think Bowles would have noticed something by now? And we're not saying that um, we're not saying that Trask had a lousy training camp. Well, here's a twist for you, right? So you can be ahead of somebody in training camp, but still have no chance to win, and that's where I I stand with I it, agree right? With so. That. Let's say they were scoring each quarterback after each practice. Let's score these guys out, grade the practice. Maybe there was a point where Trask uh, had an 87 and Mayfield had an it's 84. It's not the same starting gate. It's not That's the same a good point. starting so gate. So maybe he scored ahead of him at some point, you know, where after 13 practices, Kyle's up by 1.9 points or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. But that doesn't mean he was ever going to win the job, even if he scored ahead, because ultimately it would go back to exactly what Lee said about Todd Bowles. So – I believe 
Jason Light because they're scoring all kinds of things that we would never look exactly. at within a practice yeah, yeah. Uh, and within sessions, but both, it doesn't both matter thing, now. Lee, both things can be true. At some point, Trask was outperforming Mayfield, and B, Mayfield was going to get the job. Both yeah. things can be true. You know, I, I, you know, I think you could, yeah. si- you could simply put it as Todd Bowles didn't trust Kyle, Kyle Trask. It's no more I complicated like, than I that. And I like the fact you're, you're, you're drilling right in on Bowles, who's going to make the call. But Mayfield did have a fantastic preseason. I mean, like, I think he completed like 80-something yeah, yeah. percent of his passes. I'm surprised you didn't cite this, Ira, because this hits the nail on the head. When were you told, and I'm not going to out your source, when were you told May, it's Mayfield's job, the, period? The, the day before the first preseason game. The and day before. Go. Yeah. I All think right. it was August 10th. August 10th. So, uh, man, you know, Sage, uh, we've got so much from Radio Row. A lot of fun. We've done a lot of interviews that more than ever before. I think we've had six people at this table well, already. Well, <laughs> we got other stuff, and we're going to be able to share later in the year and cut into certain podcasts. We've got some great stories from Buck's history here that we focused on a lot. And yeah. uh, some really, really cool shit. I don't know how else to say Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes that we're going to share on the podcast. It's just not going to be today. Uh, but Sage, uh, I have to let everybody know that we have been roommates in a suite. And uh, Let's not get into any details over here, Steve. But you got the bedroom, I heard. Ira has, got the, the couch. Ira has the bedroom. I've got the couch by, by design. But it's very interesting. I was very concerned that I'm going to forget something. He's like, oh, what's this bag? What's this? What's this? I'm, uh, I'm also I, concerned that I've, I've got the bathroom yeah. in, 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 the, in, in my Ira doesn't in think I suite. go to the bathroom and often I keep, enough. I, keep, I say, go, go pee, Steve. Go pee. <laughs> I don't want him waking me up at 3 in the morning, Lee. Now, that might be too much information for So I'm uh, telling Ira, so I don't have to go to the bathroom. It's okay. He's like, hey, I, I, I'm, going to, I'm shutting the door now. You got to go. Oh my God, I'm By good. the way, I'm when, I wo- when I woke Isbitz up this morning, Lee, <laughs> when he was on the couch in a fetal position, and the uh, first thing he said to me, did you hear that storm last night? I go, what storm? Yeah. Go, he what said storm? the same thing to me. I'm like, what's yeah. the storm? Yeah, what storm? And by the way, I'm not sleeping with you guys. You I, might be a I light sleeper, Stevie. You might be a light sleeper. I'm a light sleeper. You're obviously not, and uh, it's okay. Ira doesn't understand why I don't run down for the free breakfast at the well, hotel. I was, I, I was dreaming about the Mayfield negotiations. I was deep in, in, into no, in, no, Steve's like that. You and I, we have like a set schedule. We got to eat lunch. We got to. I, I, I eat too much, no question about it. Steve, this guy can go for days, won't even think what of it. What are food. you, a camel? Come on now. No, all right, all right. All right, Sage. Uh, we will uh, have a good time tonight, and we will be back soon on the podcast. Thank you, Bill Curry Ford, Florida's Elite Restoration. Florida's Elite Restoration.com and Big Storm Beer is Florida's best craft beer. See you, Sage.